Right, this uh, afternoon, I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and make your way to the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. Uh, you may think that it uh, perhaps would be an odd choice of a book to preach from on Father's Day. Uh, Malachi is, generally speaking, not a very uplifting book. Uh, nonetheless, I trust that what we have to share today uh, will point us to the Lord and help us to honor fathers. So today, uh, we're going to take our text out of Malachi chapter number 1 and verse number 6, and specifically the first part of verse number 6. Malachi chapter number 1, verse number 6. Notice what the Bible reads in Malachi 1, verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father... Where is mine honor? The title of the message to this morning is, this afternoon rather, is Where is the Father's Honor? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the time we could be in your house today. We thank you for your mercy and your kindness. We thank you for Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us. And Lord, I pray that we do rejoice in being able to gather together and worship you through the reading and preaching of your word, the uh, public prayers offered to you and the songs that we sing that are hymns of praise unto you. And I pray today, Lord, that as we think on the subject of Father's Day, that you would help us to learn from your word what it is to truly honor fathers and, Lord, to understand that you are our Heavenly Father. And, Lord, the passage that we're looking at poses this question. It's not really a question. It's it's a statement that you are our Father. You are the Father of Israel, and Lord, as such, you deserve our honor. So I pray that you'd help us today, Lord, to approach this uh, this topic, not just from uh, honoring earthly fathers, but certainly honoring you, our Heavenly Father. We pray that you'd help us and meet with us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I say again, Happy Father's Day. This is a, uh, this is a day that, of course, our nation has set aside by official presidential proclamation since 1966. It is important to honor fathers. It is important to recognize the role that fathers play. Now here in the book of Malachi, just so you understand a little bit about this book, the Israelites had been back in the land returning from the Babylonian captivity. They had been back in the land for roughly... 100 years when this book is written. The temple was rebuilt. The walls around Jerusalem were rebuilt. And so everything was in place for the Israelites, hopefully having learned their lesson about forsaking and dishonoring God through the Babylonian captivity, the conditions were set, and such was the case that they should have been thriving in their spiritual lives. They should have been thriving in their worship and service of God. And yet the book of Malachi reveals that they were doing nothing more than going through the motions. They weren't really worshiping and honoring God in their hearts. They were going through the outward motions of service and worship, but their hearts were destitute. And because of this, they were dishonoring God. In fact, a little bit later on in our text verse, here it says that they were actually, what they were doing was considered to be despising the name of the Lord. And those are 
pretty hard and harsh words from the Lord Himself. And yet, this is what the result was of their uh, lackluster, lukewarm worship of God. Now, the text that we read in the very portion of verse number 6 of uh, uh, that, that serves as our text, it is instructive as to the subject of honoring fathers. God is our Heavenly Father. And He is described in Scripture as a Father in multiple ways. And so there's no doubt that God is saying here, He's saying that He is the Father of Israel, and even an earthly son honors an earthly father. And so, because He is their Heavenly Father, then they ought to have honored Him. And they were not honoring Him. And so God is charging the Israelites, and you understand I'm using that term generically to include Judah as well. He is charging the Israelites with not honoring Him as their Father, and as a Father should be honored. We do well to ask in our society today, Where is the Father's honor? Where is the honor afforded to not only God as a heavenly Father, but where is the honor afforded to earthly fathers today? And I think that we should take this message uh, and apply it in two different ways. I think that we should look, look and listen to the Scriptures and investigate the Word of God today, not only as it applies to questioning where is the Father's honor as it relates to earthly fathers, but also where is the Father's honor as it relates to our one and only Heavenly Father. Now, as we desire, I trust today, to delve into the Word and examine this question that is the title of our message, Where is the Father's Honor? I want us to take note of three components, three components of God's challenge to Israel in questioning where is the Father's honor. Three components. The first component is this. In the Lord's words, in God's words in verse number 6, there is an assumption that fathers are honored. There's an assumption that fathers are honored. Secondly, we find this component. We ought to engage in an assessment, an assessment to determine whether or not we are honoring fathers. And then thirdly, very practically speaking, we want to just involve ourselves with some application as to how we can honor fathers. And of course, I'm including in that our Heavenly Father first and foremost. So these three components of God's challenge to Israel, in essence, where He's asking, where is the Father's honor? So notice the first component. There is an assumption that fathers are honored. And I might well say that there is an assumption in God's words that fathers are not only honored, but that they are to be honored. Notice verse number 6, the very first words of verse number 6 in Malachi chapter number 1. A son honoreth his father. This is a statement that the Lord makes, and He's not... He's not questioning whether or not an earthly son honors his earthly father. In fact, in this day, we might well conclude in, the, in Bible days, when, when the book of Malachi was written, 
we might well conclude that, that it was assumed that sons, and by virtue of uh, there being two genders of children, sons and daughters, we might well assume uh, that it was assumed then that children would honor their fathers. He says emphatically, a son honoreth his father. Now, this is a fair assumption, and it is a right assumption. Now, it's an assumption that is in no way true today. But it is a right and a fair assumption that fathers are to be honored. And we see that fathers are to be honored, first of all, because God commanded that fathers be honored. The word father appears in 1,517 verses in the Bible. It is a very prominent word. God instituted the family all the way back in the book of Genesis, and He made the family as He desired it to be made. He did not make it uh, according to the dictates of man. He did not consult man as to how He made the family. He made the family uh, a husband and a wife, and then He gave them children. And so uh, there was a mom and a dad. Now, as we talk about this component, that there's an assumption that fathers are honored, at least it was in biblical days, and an assumption that fathers are to be honored, we must say what we're talking about when we use the term honor. And the very definition of the word honor in Scripture means glory or reverence. Glory or reverence. Now that helps us a little bit, but what is reverence? We ought to... We ought to understand what reverence is. And I want you to listen to this definition that is taken from multiple Hebrew words that are used and rendered uh, revere, reverence. And, and, and of course, uh, you can look also to Webster's uh, 1828 dictionary for this definition. It, it, the word revere or reverence, it means, to, it means fear mingled with esteem, respect, and how about this? affection. So it, it doesn't carry the idea of somebody that's quaking in their boots because they're afraid of uh, an individual and thereby uh, having respect and reverence for them because of that fear. No, there is a fear, a healthy fear, that is mingled with esteem, respect, and affection. There is a love that motivates this honor and this reverence and this esteem. And so we see this assumption that fathers are to be honored because it's commanded in God's Word that fathers are to be honored. We won't look at all of the times this morning, or this afternoon, whereby the Scripture gives us verses that deal with honoring our Father. And by the way, this was also true uh, as it relates to mothers, and we looked at that in May when we spoke on the subject of Mother's Day. But I want you to go back just, first of all, just to two references in Scripture that show us that God commanded that fathers are to be honored. And so in Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number 12, when the Lord gave the Ten Commandments by Moses, in Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number 12, the Bible reads, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You know, I wonder how many people today remember that that is one of the Ten Commandments. We hear a lot about you know, stealing and killing and, and adultery and things like that, and right, rightfully we should, uh, but this is still one of the commandments that God gave, that we are to honor our father and our mother, and notice that it is, and this is mentioned in the New Testament, that it is uh, the first commandment with promise. So we're to honor 
our Father. And then the Lord Jesus Christ on multiple occasions and in multiple settings, He reiterated this commandment and rephrased it in some instances, but it says the same thing. That we are to honor our fathers. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 4, the Lord here is speaking in Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 4, and uh, the Lord said, uh, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. And so there was a penalty if one did not honor father and mother. And so God placed a very high value upon this commandment. God said to the children of Israel in Malachi chapter 1 and verse number 6, A son honoreth his father. He is saying that there's an assumption that children would honor their father. There's an assumption that fathers are to be honored. It goes without saying, a son honoreth his father. We see that that is so because it is commanded by God to honor fathers. But it is also so because of the many contributions that fathers make. It isn't just because we're commanded to honor our fathers. That's that's an element of it. That's a portion of it. But we should also honor fathers, and it is assumed that we would be grateful for what fathers do or what they bring to the table um, because of their many contributions. And I say their many contributions not only to their own families, but also to society. I would like for you to think about the contributions that fathers make and and that being cause for them to be honored, for them to be esteemed and, 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 and had in respect with affection. I'd like you to think about that. And I would like you to think about the case when fathers are not contributing. The cases when fathers do not do what they rightly should do. In fact, I would like for us to think about the ruin that comes, the ruin that comes when fathers are absent. There is a huge societal price to pay. Listen to these statistics. And I'm just going to rattle off a number of statistics here for you uh, for just a moment, so bear with me. According to the latest United States Census Bureau, Nearly 18.5 million children grow up without fathers. In fact, the U.S. has the highest number as far as world leaders go, and the United States is the world leader in fatherlessness. Now, there are a lot of things that I want us to be the the world leader in, but fatherlessness is not one of them. 80% of single-parent homes are led by single mothers not fathers the mothers are the ones that are wound up doing that wind up doing the heavy lifting nearly 25% of youth growing up uh, that those statistics mean that nearly 25% of the youth growing up in our nation they grow up without a father in the home that's a quarter of all the kids 85% of children and teens that have behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. Over 70% of all adolescent patients in drug and alcohol treatment centers originate from homes without fathers. Children without fathers at home are nine times more likely to drop out of school, 
and they represent 90% of all homeless and runaway children. There is a huge price to pay when fathers are absent. There is a ruin that comes when fathers are absent. And so we ought to look at those fathers that, that, that do what they're supposed to do. That put their personal desires aside and do what God has asked them and commanded them to do. And we ought to honor fathers, not just because God commands us to, but we ought to honor fathers, and it should be assumed that fathers are honored because of the contributions that they make, not only to their own families, but to society at large. Uh, Republican Utah United States Representative Burgess Owens, which, by the way, I was aware of Burgess Owens when I was a kid, Uh, because he was a National Football League player. He played for the New York Jets, and then he went on and played for the Oakland Raiders at the time. And uh, he is now a United States representative out of the state of Utah. Burgess Owens put forth a a resolution before the United States House promoting fatherhood. He did it four days ago. And this is what that resolution in part read. Fatherhood is essential to the development of all children, and that the increased involvement of fathers in the home will lead to economic prosperity, educational excellence, and improved social mobility for children across all racial and ethnic groups. And uh, I say amen. I say, I say that he's, he's, he's stating the truth, that there are societal prices to be paid when fathers are not doing what they're supposed to do, and thus we ought to honor the fathers that do what they're supposed to do. So, so when we talk about the contributions that fathers make and that serving as a basis for honoring them, we see the ruin that comes when fathers are absent, but we also ought to consider the responsibilities that fathers perform. And uh, I, I don't know if you're like me. Uh, I, it's kind of interesting here, and I'll make a comment on this just a little bit later, but each of us that are here this morning are our, our fathers have gone on. I mean, they're they're not with, they're not any longer with us. Um, and yet, I think back when my dad was alive, particularly when I was younger, and uh, I did not really appreciate all that dad did. I was quick to find the failures in dad's life, but not so quick to think of all that he did and all the responsibilities that he performed as a father. Think about the responsibilities that fathers perform. And that's serving as a basis for why we should honor fathers. First of all, they distribute the necessities of life. They go out and they earn a living. God said in His Word in the New Testament that uh, the one that does not provide for his own household is what? Worse than an infidel. And so that father that would rather be doing something else, tending to his own desires or his own needs, goes out and earns a living and provides for the needs of his or her children or his children and and uh, whether it be a, 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 a young boy or a young girl he provides for their necessities he does not rely upon the state to provide for them he goes out and does due diligence to prepare and provide what that child needs he distributes the necessities of life he discerns what his child's needs are Every child is different. Every child has different backgrounds and different likes and dislikes. The father engages with his child and spends time with the child to 
determine what it is that that child needs so that that father can help them be the most productive member of society that they can be. The father, and yes, uh, unpopular topic right now, but the father disciplines the child when necessary. And I say today, and I make no bones about this, and there's much uh, confusion about this topic, but I still believe the Bible. And I still believe that the one that spares the rod hates the child. I still believe that it's right and proper to use that type of discipline because God said that that was right and proper. And there's much confusion about this today. It is not illegal to use discipline in parenting your child. In fact, the law states that you're allowed to do that. Now, you can't abuse your child, and I would be against someone abusing their child and spanking their child out of anger and and, and, and striking their child in places that they should not strike their children. And yet I also believe that it's right and proper for the dad that loves his kids to discipline his children, to bring them up in the nurture and admonition. That means the correction and discipline of the Lord. The Lord loves us, and He disciplines us, and He chastens us. And then, fourthly, the responsibilities that the Father performs that make Him worthy of honor is the fact that the godly Father disciples and directs His children. Thanks be to God that there are some dads that do bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They tell their children about the Lord. They hold family devotions. They teach their children the Bible. They're not perfect in doing this. They come up short in many different ways, but they make their best effort because they want to honor and glorify the Lord, and they want to bring their children up to know the Lord. Abel Morgan was a Baptist preacher, uh, came to these shores from England, and uh, you've probably heard his, you have heard his name before, you may not remember hearing his name before, but I've used his name at times past. He came over to the United States and pastored, wound up pastoring what is the eighth oldest church, eighth oldest Baptist church in the United States, located in an area right outside of Philadelphia known as Pennepec. And Abel Morgan wrote this about fathers and their role in teaching their children the Bible. Abel Morgan wrote, Beware ye, dear brethren, lest your adversary the devil render the Bible useless to you by you neglecting by your neglecting of it. Frequently read the Scriptures in your retirements. Read them in your families. Make conscience of giving opportunities to all your households of hearing what God says of them and to them. Speak of God's Word. Meditate upon it. Pray God for a blessing to accompany it wherever it is preached and always admire God and praise Him for His special kindness in giving you the Holy Bible. And so we ought to teach our children the Word of God. We ought to teach our children who Jesus is. We ought to teach our children how to come to know Jesus. We ought to teach our children about the hard life of sinners. And we ought to point them to Jesus Christ. And so so fathers are to be honored because of all that they contribute. And then thirdly and finally as it relates to the assumption that fathers are honored all of what we've said so far correlates to the honor that God our Father should receive so all that we've said so far correlates and it connects to the fact that God our Father should receive honor we are commanded to honor God our Heavenly Father 
And we ought to honor God as our Heavenly Father for all that He has done for us and who He is to us. He loved us when we hated Him. He gave His only begotten Son to condescend to this earth and die for us. He adopted us into His own family and we now are children, right now at this very moment, we are children of the living God. He now provides for all of our spiritual and physical needs. And the Word of God is still true in the book of Psalms where the psalmist wrote that He daily loadeth us with His benefits. Because of all of this, we ought to honor God. In fact, in the life of a believer, and we shouldn't really have to say that, I mean, in the life of a, uh, of a living person, a person who has life and breathes and, and, and exists, that person ought to honor God as the Father of all living. That person ought to, ought to respect and have an affection for God because of all of the blessings that He bestows upon them. How much more so the child of God. That we should honor God as our Heavenly Father. God says in Malachi chapter number 1 and verse number 6, A son honoreth his father. There is an assumption that fathers are honored and that they are to be honored. Notice the second component. We're talking this morning about, or this afternoon about how God challenged Israel by questioning them and asking, where is the Father's honor? And we're doing the same this afternoon. We're looking at three components. The first component, there's an assumption that God is honored or that fathers are honored and are to be honored. Notice the second component. We ought to engage in an assessment as to whether or not we're honoring fathers. Now, we have Father's Day today. And, uh, and we say, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to take today and make sure that we're honoring fathers. Well, that isn't really honoring fathers if we only do it one day a year. I hope that we don't honor mothers only one day a year. I hope that we honor them every day of the year. I hope that we think of them throughout the year. Notice the Lord here really challenges Israel to this self-examination and assessment. Notice verse number 6. He says, we're going to skip over the part where it says, and a servant is master. We're not dealing with that topic today, but then I want you to notice what the Lord says here uh, next in verse number 6. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? He is asking them why they're not honoring Him. And I believe He's challenging them to assess in their own lives Where is the Father's honor? We ought to assess whether or not we are honoring fathers. And I begin with this thought and topic as it relates to conducting and engaging in an assessment as to whether we're honoring fathers. We ought to first of all ask, do we honor fathers in society as a whole? And you know the answer to that. We do not, in society, honor fathers as we ought. It is a sad reality. But we live in a society where fathers are not honored. Fathers are, in a lot of instances, ridiculed. The message that is popular in society today is that fathers are irrelevant. Fathers are useless. Fathers are losers. You know, what, what is that uh, term now? You, you, got a, you got a dad bod? You got a dad body? Uh, 
Oh yeah, you're a father. You can't take care of yourself. You got you got a dad bod. Um, fathers at every turn are looked upon with disesteem and disrespect. Notice what the Lord says uh, right after the portion of verse number six that we read. We haven't read this yet, <coughs> but notice here in verse number six, the very next portion of verse six, He says, "And, and if I be a master, where is my fear?" saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name. And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? The Lord is saying, you need to examine. You need to consider what it is that you're doing. It is a sad reality that the, the Israelites and the priests were the representatives in the worship of the Lord. The priests did not at all esteem and honor the Lord. In fact, they disesteemed him and the Lord says that it was as though they despised him. Think about how fathers are portrayed today in movies and in television. Fathers are portrayed as as wimpy and ignorant and lazy and uninvolved in the lives of their children. They are unwanted and oftentimes powerless. And is it not true that today there is, and yes I'm going to go there, There's a transgender push to make fathers into mothers. And where it's it's put across as though fathers are not even necessary for a family. In fact, I cannot believe and, and would not have ever believed that we would reach a day in the United States or even in another country for that matter where somebody would testify before a committee in Congress and state that men can have babies. How idiotic can you be? Guess what? I don't want to have a baby. I've seen babies born. And and I'm telling you right now, you can call me an ignorant fool, but men cannot have babies. They were not designed for that purpose. They were designed for a purpose, and that was that they were to be the men and the fathers that God wanted them and made them to be. Men are not, fathers are not honored in society today as a whole. It is rare that you find instances where fathers are honored. Do we honor fathers in society like we should? We ought to support honoring fathers. We ought to stand for those values that the Bible's teach that the Bible teaches and not shy away from that. We don't have to be mean spirited. We don't have to be hateful. We don't have to be contrary, but we can stand for the truth and speak the truth in love, as Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. So do we honor fathers in society as a whole? That's an assessment that we should engage in. And then secondly, do we honor God as our Heavenly Father? Do we really honor God as our Heavenly Father? Now remember remember what was going on here, or what was not going on in the book of Malachi. The people of Israel were going through the motions. Yes, they were bringing the sacrifices. But what were they bringing? The torn and the lame and the tattered. God gave specific instruction as to how the sacrifices were to qualify. In other words, if you want to bring a sacrifice uh, in worship to the Lord, the sacrifice has got to be unblemished. It's got to be a male of such and such years. And the children of Israel didn't pay any attention to that. They kept the best for themselves and gave God that which was tattered, torn, and lame. God didn't accept it. God would not accept it. We ought today to question whether or not 
we honor God as our Heavenly Father? Do we, first of all, reverence and fear God as we should? Today, I am am convinced that many Christians don't even think about God in their daily thought process, in their decision-making process. God never comes into the equation. Do we, as His children, reverence and fear Him as we should? Listen to Psalm 89 and verse number 7. In Psalm 89 and verse number 7, the Bible there reads, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about Him. And so He is to be feared and revered. Psalms 89 verse 7. Do we reverence and fear Him as we should? Do we render the proper worship that is expected of us? Do we give God our best? Do we place an emphasis on giving God our best or are we giving Him only the leftovers? Do we place a proper emphasis on God's house? Do we desire to be in God's house? Do we count it a joy and a privilege to be in God's house? And of course, this is being spoken to the people that are in God's house. And of course, I know your testimony. I know that you desire to be in God's house. I want to be in God's house when I can. I want to go and make the extra effort to be in God's house. Do we consider it a weariness to serve God? Malachi lists that specifically as one of the sins of the Israelites. They said, what a weariness it is to serve God. Do we serve God by murmuring and complaining? Or are we thankful that God loved us and allows us to serve Him? Thirdly, do we rob God in our use of money? This is another prominent topic in the book of Malachi, where in Malachi chapter number 3 it's addressed. It says, you know, you've robbed God. And they say, well, how have we robbed God? In tithes and offerings. Not just in tithes, but in tithes and offerings. Now, there's a very important principle that we should get from this uh, question about robbing God and our use of money. You say, well, preachers are always concerned about money and how much are people given to the church and so forth. Uh, first of all, wrong. Uh, you don't give to the church. You give to God through the church, which is the storehouse. But you know why this is such an important topic? Because it reveals where your heart is at. It reveals where your heart is at. If you are skimpy with God, and you give, you're going to give. I'm going to give exactly what I'm supposed to give, and that, and, and no more. That reveals a lot about how your walk with the Lord is. If you never investigate whether or not God would have you give this or have you give that, uh, that says a lot about our walk before the Lord. And so uh, that's why God addressed this in the book of Malachi. And then, of course, we could go into family relationships because God addresses that as well. And uh, in, in the way that we serve God in our families says a lot about how we serve God overall. And so we ought to question, we ought to investigate whether or not we honor God as our Heavenly Father. We should not be the, uh, want to be the one that God challenges and says, you know, I'm your Heavenly Father, where's my honor? God ought to be honored in our lives. And then the third component, and we draw this to a close, the third component of, God, component of God's challenge as He challenges Israel, where is the Father's honor? This third component that we see, and it's a practical one, is that there is an application. There's an application to be made 
as to how we ought to honor fathers. I think a lot of times we talk in, uh, in, in the worship of the Lord and even in the preaching and teaching, you know, we talk in these ethereal levels, you know, where we're just out there in the stratosphere and we can never really pin anything down. We can never get real specifics, you know, well, you ought to serve God. Well, how is it that I serve God? Can you help me serve God better? you got to worship God. Well, how do I worship God? What are the things that I can do that will help me worship God better? Well, we ought to honor fathers. Okay, well, how do we honor fathers? Well, first of all, as it relates to honoring God our Father, I want to just be very frank, and you probably won't be pleased with this thought, but we ought to do all that we just pointed out that we don't often do. We ought we ought to honor God. We ought to fear and 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 and, and uh, revere God. We ought to hold Him in reverence. We ought to render proper worship unto the Lord by placing a proper emphasis on His house and giving our best unto Him and 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 counting it a privilege and not considering it a weariness to serve God. We ought to do uh, all that we do for God without murmuring and complaining. We ought to do all of these things. Uh, and, and in doing those things in the right way, we honor God our Father. Secondly, how do we honor our earthly fathers? Now again, it's not lost on me that we here have all lost our fathers. So it isn't probable that we can, we can do much to honor our earthly fathers, but we can do some. And I want to talk about that here this afternoon. How does one honor our earthly father? Well, first of all, we embrace God's commandments as it relates to honoring our father. You know, I think some folks just want to honor their father if their father is, uh, you know, super dad. You know, and if dad hurts their feelings in one thing, or he's not the perfect dad, then he's no longer worthy of being honored. And I want to remind you that the word, uh, the word reverence or the word revere carries the, uh, the idea of having affection. And so we ought to have a love that motivates our honoring of our Father and understanding that our fathers are not going to be perfect. They are sinners saved by the grace of God. They're going to make mistakes. So we ought to embrace God's commandments to honor our Father. We ought to appreciate our Father's sacrifices. You know, I wish I would have done this, and I I didn't. I did talk with my dad a little bit about his youth, but... Hey, you ever talk to your dad about when he was a kid, what he want to be when he when he grew up, you know, and the, the aspirations and the goals that he had, and perhaps the sacrifices that he made so that he could be your father and that he could carry out the responsibilities that he had to carry out. We ought to appreciate our father's sacrifices. And I say that most children probably don't even know about the sacrifices that their father made so that they might be the fathers to those children that God wanted them to be. We had, a, we had a thirdly, and this applies to us that are here, we had to do right by our Father's name. We ought not to shame our Father's name. We ought to remember the family that we come from. We ought to desire to honor and glorify our fathers by respecting their name. And, uh, and, and the Bible has much to say, even in the book of Proverbs, about how a good name is to be uh, that which is desired, a good name that uh, someone can place emphasis upon, and that relates to their legacy that they leave behind. And so we ought to honor earthly fathers by doing right by their name. And then lastly, very practical, we ought to know 
our Father's love language. And we ought, to, we ought to use it to show our love. How do you show somebody that you consider them to be important? You focus on their needs and their likes and the things that motivate them. And I've talked about this before. It goes back to Gary Chapman's book. And there was a point where I purchased a copy and gave to each of the folks that were here on the five love languages. And I I say again, if you don't know your husband or your wife's love language, what are you doing? What what are you doing? How, How You know, that love language literally, to find out what your love language is, I just remind you, you ask this question, I feel most loved by my husband when? And then you determine what your own love language is. And then your mate has a responsibility to find out what that love language is and to use that love language in interactions with you. And we've talked about this before. You know, you, you wonder, you wonder why, uh, why she doesn't get all excited when you bring her flowers and candy. That's not her love language. Gifts might not be her love language. Acts of service might be the love language. Words of affirmation. Quality time. And so we got to know what that love language is as it applies to our mates. But how about the other relationships that are important to us? How about our fathers and knowing our father's love language and using that to take action to show them that yes, they are important to us. That's how we honor fathers. Today we looked at three components of God's challenge to Israel. Where's my honor? Where is the Father's honor? We wanted to make it practical today. We wanted to stress that fathers are to be honored. And we ought to be honoring fathers. Not only earthly fathers, but our heavenly Father. We looked at the first component. There's an assumption that fathers are honored and that they are to be honored. The second component, we engage in an assessment to determine whether or not we're honoring fathers. And then thirdly, some practical application as to how we can honor fathers. Fathers... Dads, I say again, Happy Father's Day. Today's the day that we honor fathers. It should not only be this day. It should be throughout the year. Let's pray.